Today on CityCast Philly, Democrats won three special elections this month, ending a two-month debate over which party would control the Pennsylvania State House. So what could Democrats accomplish this session? And what could this mean for Philly? CityCast political contributor Denise Clay Murray is here to break it all down. It's Thursday, February 16th, 2023. I'm Trinae Nuri. And here's what Philly's talking about. So, Denise, why did we have three special elections for the Pennsylvania State House last week? The reason we had three House seats that needed to be filled in this manner is because, unlike Philadelphia, which requires you to resign when you run for another office within the city, the Pennsylvania legislature does not. And because of that, you had Austin Davis, who was now the lieutenant governor, that right. um, was running for both his seat in the state house and lieutenant governor simultaneously. You had Summer Lee, who was now a member of Congress, who was running for Congress and her seat simultaneously. And you had another member of the state legislature that died, but did not, but, but died too late to be taken off of the ballot. And thus you had those three seats that needed to be filled. And now they've all been filled by Democrats, which made sense because they were all in the Allegheny County area. And mm-hmm. The Commonwealth's two biggest Democratic strongholds are the Pittsburgh area and the Philadelphia area. So it made sense that those seats were going to be filled by Democrats. So right now, the Democrats have a 102 to 101 edge um, in the state house. Denise, who won these three seats? You have Matt Gurgley, and I hope I didn't mispronounce his name too badly. Abigail Salisbury and Joe McAndrew um, that all won these special elections. McAndrew is the former executive director of the Allegheny County Democratic Committee. Um, Abigail Salisbury is a lawyer. I guess she was somehow involved in party politics too. And in the 35th district, Matt Gurgley, he is the chief revenue officer of McKeesport, Pennsylvania. And those are the folks who are now going into the state house to be part of the 102 to 101 um, slight edge that the Democrats have. Right. And they'll be sworn in later this month. And like yeah. you just said, this is the first time that there has been a Democratic uh, control in the House um, for about 12 years. Yes. Um, what what does that actually mean? What might change because of that? It depends on who you talk to, to be honest. Right, right. And it's all going to focus on who, because the Democrats have one thing they have to figure out first, and that is whether or not um, they're going to keep their current Speaker of the House or whether they're going to elect Joanna McClinton, who had been slated to be the Speaker of the House, before they figured out that we don't have quite enough seats to make that decision. And the current speaker is Mark Rossi. He was kind of the compromise speaker. And he's from Berks County, which is just outside of Philadelphia. It's like two hours north. 
And his big issue was lengthening the, le- the amount of time that people could file suits against the Catholic Church for being sexually abused by priests it is something that was very personal to him because he was sexually abused by a priest. And he wanted to expand the amount of time that you could do use to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this also applies to more than just priests and the Catholic Church. It applies to other people and institutions that had a part in sexual abuse. He's been on a listening tour around the Commonwealth right now to try to set up new rules for how the House of Representatives is going to conduct itself um, over the next two years. Should I mean, I guess, and, and whether or not these rules would stay in place, whether he's Speaker of the House or not, is anybody's guess, but he's trying to get them together so that, and I'm going to just, you know, kind of paraphrase him, that maybe they can get something done for the citizens of Pennsylvania while they have this small majority. Some of those rules include bringing bills up for a vote if a majority of people want to see them voted on, if if you have a bipartisan majority. Because how the system is currently set up, um, the party in charge has all of the committee ships. And you have some committees that are run by people who are so partisan that they won't bring up any bill that was proposed by the other party, you know, oh, even if it's a bill that everybody wants. Right, right. And that's challenging. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and not, not it's challenging. And it's also stupid because you would think that the whole idea is to make sure that your constituents, whether they voted for you or not, get what they need from you. And if you're not even willing to put bills up so that they can get those needs met, you know, they have every right to say, why did we send you here? Um, so that's one of the rules he's trying to put up. He had also said that he wasn't going to address any other of the, any other issues um, that were coming before the state house, like increasing the minimum wage, like bills that deal with school funding and, and stuff like that, until the sexual assault expansion was passed. And that's something that they're going to be working on when they come back to the house in late later on this month. So, you know, that that's kind of what he's been up to. So let's talk about Philly's Joanna McClinton, and she's a favorite among Democrats to be the speaker. Um, is is this a possibility? Well, I think it is, because initially, um, before the special election, Rozzy was talking about, he was talking like, I'm going to be in this office for two years, you can't move me, this kind of thing. But once those three seats were filled, And the rumbling started that, you know, we understand that you were a compromise between Democrats and Republicans and you're a compromise that we didn't really want want you to make in the first place. But we we wanted McClinton. That's what we voted for. Now he's kind of starting to have a little bit of a change of heart about that. He's not being as hardcore about it. Mm -hmm. He's kind of looking at this and saying, uh, I may not have the votes to do what I want. And 
I, I need to, I need to kind of figure out how I'm going to get what I want. And, and while, you know, navigating the whole situation to the speaker of the house, yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see if a vote gets taken on that right away, or if they wait until after they deal with the pre-sexual assault expansion bill. Um, because, you know, this, this got Rozzy may only be Speaker of the House for a few months, but in order to keep the peace, it's it's totally plausible that McClinton might let him have this win before she says, let's call a vote for Speaker of the House. When could we expect that to happen, though? Probably within the next week or so. Okay. Because the budget is coming up. Right. Uh, Josh right. Shapiro's first budget as governor is coming up. So, you know, you've kind of got to have everybody in place so that you can decide what you're going to do with that. And, you know, you can't play around with this a whole lot. You don't have a lot of time. Denise, something I was always curious about, um, does it help if there's also a Democratic governor in the seat? Uh, Does that help the, the state house in any way? It might this time. It didn't necessarily help a whole lot when Tom Wolf was the governor. And that's because unlike Josh Shapiro, who brought Democrats with him into the state house when he ran for governor, Tom Wolf didn't. He didn't have something that we call coattails, which is where the top of the ticket brings people along with them to fill seats in the House and Senate. Tom Wolf didn't really have that. Now, like I said, with Josh Shapiro, this may be a difference maker. That one little seat could be a difference maker. But because it is such a slim majority, there are going to have to be some compromises made with Republicans to get things done. And it's going to depend on how cooperative Republicans that are already kind of already mad because they're not in the majority and their majority, their minority leader, Brian Cutler, didn't do what they thought he was going to do in terms of keeping Rozzy and the rest of the Democrats in line. It, it, they may decide that they're going to start running for 2024 now. Um, that sometimes happens in these situations, but it, it, there, there's going to be a need for compromise, but it's going to depend on how cooperative people want to be. Now that the special elections are over, what type of policies do we expect to come out of the House? Are there any like policies that would or could affect Philly specifically? The big one that could affect Philly is raising the minimum wage. And I say that because Philly is the poorest city of its size in the United States. And part of the reason for that is you have people who are trying to make ends meet on $7.25 an hour. And there is, I can't think of any place, even the most rural place with the cheapest rent in America where you can get by on $7.25 an hour unless you're working so many hours you don't sleep. And aren't like some of our neighboring states, they've increased their minimum wage. Oh yeah, New Jersey has. Delaware has, New York has, and 
you know, Pennsylvania just kind of sits there in the middle as an outlier. It's kind of the same thing with our gun laws, where you have New Jersey that has very strict gun laws, New York has very strict gun laws, Delaware has pretty strict gun laws, and then you have Pennsylvania where the laws are like Swiss cheese. There's so many holes in them that you can just like drive a truck through. So it's in the Commonwealth's best interest to start to, I guess, start off by addressing the minimum wage because things are not getting any cheaper. So, you know, you've got to address the minimum wage that if, if in, in terms of helping Philadelphia, you've got to address that. Another thing that they're probably going to address, and it's based on a, on a court decision that came down last week, is the inequities in school funding. Yeah, we talked about that on the show earlier this week Mm -hmm. um, about just the challenges that many school districts face uh, when it comes to funding. Right. And that's something else they've got to attack because there's a court decision that says you've got to attack it. And Philadelphia has been coming to Harrisburg for decades, it feels like. I know the entire time I've been a reporter here. And, and saying to Harrisburg, look, if you at least fund the stuff that you mandate us to do, we can cover the rest. But you've got to fund your mandates. And a lot of folks are hoping that because of that court decision, the Commonwealth, you know, actually takes a look at funding its mandates. Because again, if they just covered how much school districts spend on special education, and, and, and different things like that. Special ed is a lot of money in any school budget. If you ever look at a school budget, special ed and staffing are the two biggest parts. And if, this, if the Commonwealth at the very least picked up the tab for the mandates for special education that they had, a lot of school districts, including Philadelphia, would be a lot better off. CityCast political contributor Denise Clay Murray. Thanks for joining me on CityCast Philly. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. And here's what else Philly's talking about. City Council is considering creating an office of music. Billy Penn reports that council members Cindy Bass and David O introduced a bill that would create a permanent office that would boost the local music industry. If approved by council, it could be added to the ballot this November. And some North Philly neighbors are raising funds to cover the damages for the owner of the car that was flipped over before the Super Bowl. According to WHYY, a group of people near Temple University flipped the car while damaging others. The incident was captured on video and went viral on social media. The fundraiser is organized by Neighbors of Arlington Street. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed the show, share this episode with a friend. Rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Let me, I have my uh, Valentine's Day script up. I didn't. We're not talking about love. <laughs> um. <laughs>
Okay.